Today on the newscast, we're joined by a top Israeli expert to get the real story on the massive demonstrations rocking Israel and what comes next for the government of Benjamin Netanyahu. That's coming up. Folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. Breaking news. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu announced today that he's postponing planned judicial reforms as protests rage across Israel. Netanyahu said he wants to avoid a civil war. Folks, what we're seeing right now in Israel is unprecedented. It's a very dangerous time for the world's one and only Jewish state. And in a minute, a top Israeli expert joins us from Jerusalem with the inside story on what all of this means and what comes next. But up first, remember, all of this chaos in Israel comes just one week before Israelis begin the Passover holiday. It's a time of celebration and observance. Yet over two and a half million Israelis are living in poverty this Passover season, including over one million children. Thankfully, our good friends at Mayor Panim are stepping up to help. Mayor Panim's top-notch restaurant-style soup kitchens are providing warm meals to these needy Israelis in a comfortable dining setting. Mayor Panim also delivers monthly grocery packages to families who can't make it to one of their five branches across Israel. Folks, I've seen the work Mayor Panim does up close, including providing meals for Holocaust survivors. We're proud to partner with this great Israeli organization here on The Watchman and to fulfill the biblical mandate to bless the people of Israel. To help Mayor Panim provide Israel's hungry with the food and care they need this Passover by donating monthly grocery packages, just visit mayorpanim.erikstackelbeck.com. It's a great cause that we truly believe in, so you will want to check that out. Let's head now to Jerusalem to hear from our good friend, Alex Trayman, CEO and Jerusalem Bureau Chief for JNS.org, a great site that you need to check out. Alex breaks down the latest on the judicial reform protest in Israel and what comes next. Take a look. Alex Trayman, it is great to have you back with us, my friend. When something is happening like we see in Israel right now, these massive protests, you are the man we call on. For many of our viewers, they're asking, what is happening in Israel right now? Uh, number one, what's the state of play right now, I guess you would say, in the streets in Israel? And does it look like Prime Minister Netanyahu will pause this judicial reform? And in a minute, we'll talk more about what that judicial reform is all about. Well, the situation is, is pretty intense here in Israel now. Uh, we've had massive protests from the anti-Netanyahu opposition that are opposed to judicial reforms in the streets uh, for several weeks running, and they've really intensified uh, over the past several days, especially after the firing, uh, surprise firing of uh, Yoav Gallant, who's Benjamin Netanyahu's defense minister, who openly called for the judicial reforms to be halted while Netanyahu was overseas uh, in London. And uh, today, for the first time now, those in favor of judicial reform, those who support Netanyahu's right-wing government are going to hold their first counter-demonstration in just a couple of hours. You and I were talking before the interview and saying, man, there's so much to unpack here, but you do a great job of just boiling it down. Uh, the judicial reforms, in essence, seem to be BB saying, hey, and his coalition saying, hey, the, the judiciary in Israel is dominated by the left. They choose amongst themselves and they have way too much power. 
Does that seem to be the the overriding view of the Netanyahu government and why they want to reform the judiciary? Well, you simplified it, it greatly. Uh, this is an activist court that openly cancels legislation, tells the executive branch of government what it is allowed to do, what it is not allowed to do, can rule on anything it chooses at any time, uh, and makes it almost impossible for a right-wing government like the one that Netanyahu has from advancing its political agenda. So this isn't just uh, you know about a court that happens to be left-wing. It's a left-wing court that can prevent a right-wing government from achieving its policy initiatives. Uh, so the first thing that Netanyahu really needed to do when he got into office, now that he actually has a right-wing government, is for the first time in, in decades, he has the opportunity to, to try to reign in the court. Now, you'll remember that uh, after five consecutive elections, uh, in which the, the left and the anti-Netanyahu opposition tried everything to get Netanyahu out for, of office, that Netanyahu scored a historic victory, uh, right-wing victory, almost a, a landslide right-wing victory in which 64 seats went to his right-wing government with only 46 seats going to the left. That's an 18-seat gap. And now Netanyahu has religious parties in his coalition. He has uh, parties that that uh, believe in Jewish rights in Judea and Samaria that uh, the international community calls the West Bank. These are what's known as the settlers. So he has a full right-wing government and now wants to change the court. And the left-wing, they know that if they lose the court, that it's going to change the fabric of the country. So this is really, a, it's a culture war that's taking place in Israel between those that see Israel as a uh, light unto the nations, a, a nation that stands alone, a country that is nationalist, uh, traditional in nature versus, you know, a secular left wing that sees Israel as an extension of Western Europe on the Eastern Mediterranean. Yeah, and this is unprecedented, Alex, in many ways, at least in the modern state of Israel, in that we now have talk of reservists in the military not reporting for duty and protest of judicial reforms. Uh, is there a larger battle here? And I think you touched on it, Alex, in a great way. Uh, it seems like there's a larger, larger battle here at work. Right now, Israel is the epicenter, but globally, there seems to be, on the part of the left, a rejection of election results that they don't like them and a push, as you mentioned, against traditional Judeo-Christian values and civilization. And the seat of that, of course, is the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. I think you've, you've hit it right on the head. I mean, this is really a, it's a, it's a question of vision of the country. And, and there, there's been a lot of social codes that the, the left wing has broken here. You touched on one with the reservists saying that they will not report for duty if they don't like the government's uh, policies, you know, and, and legislative agenda with judicial reform, but they've been uh, convincing uh, diaspora Jewry, uh, Jews in America to, to come out and openly criticize the government. They have uh, pushed business owners in Israel to take their money outside of Israel. Essentially, the left wing is promoting boycott, divestment, and sanctions on, on Israel yeah, after we've been fighting for against that for, for 10 years. Um, so really, almost every every social code has, has been broken. Just today, the, a national strike was called. There are literally no flights going in and out of Israel right now because uh, the, the labor union refuses to operate the airport or banks or, or shopping malls. Um, so the, the opposition has basically stood up and said, yes, you can win the election, but we are the ones that control the institutions. And the left wing here controls, uh, the upper echelons of the military. They control the media, they control the universities, uh, and they control the labor unions. And, 
and they're they're just standing up and saying, "Look, you you won the election, but but you don't control this country." And they're actually proving that the government is is maybe the weakest the weakest link. Yeah, and this has really been going on, Alex, for about twelve weeks since Bibi was sworn in once again as Israel's prime minister. Uh, looking ahead, and, and perhaps he pauses these reforms, as you mentioned, we don't know yet, but. If he does pause the reforms, which have been the pillar of his new government so far, really his first initiative upon taking office was to try and get this all passed, does that hurt him with his base? I mean, on one hand, obviously he's got these massive left-wing-led protests, but on the other hand, if he kind of blinks, so to speak, here in the in the face of the protest, does that hurt him with his base and members of his governing coalition, and could we perhaps see his government eventually collapse? Well, Netanyahu is between a rock and a hard place right now. You know, the the hardcore ideologues on his right are basically saying, well, you know, we signed up for judicial reform. We signed up for a right wing government. We're seeing now because of Israel's attorney general in the court that the government is unable to advance a right wing agenda. And now Netanyahu may actually come, like you said, and, and freeze the reforms. And they said, this is not what we signed up for. So if we're not going to get what we signed up for, then we might as well bolt. Uh, but then on the other side, what you have, uh, and, and this is important to understand, is that uh, many people that voted for the right wing, voted for Netanyahu's Likud party, are very, very upset at uh, the state of affairs in Israel right now. And they do hold Netanyahu and the Likud party uh, at least partly to blame for the mess because they, they did not do a good job in explaining the judicial reforms to the country. They, they rushed it out quickly. Uh, they went with a no-holds-barred attitude uh and and um they did not nobody anticipated what the opposition to these judicial reforms could look like from from an unfettered left which has uh you know broken every every social code that this country was founded on uh so they didn't see that coming they didn't game this out properly and now you have a huge mess and so you do have a lot of people even in Netanyahu's own camp saying listen you know we we can't have hundreds of thousands of people in the streets. We can't have the whole country on strike. You have to pause the reforms and get this under control. So on the one hand, if Netanyahu pauses, he he potentially could lose members of his coalition to his right flank. And if he doesn't pause the legislation, he potentially loses support from his more moderate Likud base. Uh, he already had to fire his defense minister, Yoav Gallant, uh, on yesterday. So uh, he... He really has to to thread the needle over here and, and figure out, you know, how, how he can glue his coalition together because the coalition right now is the only thing he has. Yeah, Alex, I haven't heard anyone explain it as eloquently and, and just put it in as simple terms as you just did. A great job, my friend. And, and this was a service to our audience, believe me, because everyone here in the States is wondering what is going on? Is BB in trouble? So you really broke it down. Uh, in a great, easy-to-understand way. And we both know that Israeli politics can be very complex, to say the least. Uh, last question, we have Passover approaching, obviously, Israel's uh, Independence Day, a lot, a lot of great holidays and milestones coming up in Israel. That's one part of the timing here. But the other part of the timing that concerns me, Alex, is, look, Israel's external enemies, whether it's Iran and Hezbollah and Hamas, they're watching this. And they're kind of uh, salivating, seeing all this internal unrest in Israel. Uh, what's your take there? I mean, are you concerned that external actors and enemies could try to take advantage here? 
Well, it's not just external enemies. We have internal enemies as well. You know, we just started the Muslim holy month of Ramadan here, which has been traditionally a tense month. I mean, I saw a headline in the Jerusalem Post that noted that the first mass uh, prayer that took place on the Temple Mount was peaceful. Uh, and it's interesting that the headline, you know, there's only one religion in the world where the reporter would have to stress that the that the mass prayer session was peaceful. Um, so, you know, we, we've had three uh, shootings uh, in, in Samaria uh, in the last three weeks in a town called Huwara. Uh, and so you have an ongoing situation where the, where the terror threat from uh, from factions inside the the Palestinian territories like Hamas and Fatah you know are are certainly um increasing and the Iran threat is is as potent as ever and and there there are is a sense in the Israeli security establishment that we're we're coming to a now or never moment uh with regard to preventing Iran from crossing the nuclear threshold and and Netanyahu has actually traveled in the last month. He's been to to France, he's been to Germany, he's been to Italy, and he's been to the UK. And that's all with this judicial reform mess brewing inside the country. And those meetings ha have only to do with one subject, which is Iran. And so when Yoav Gallant, who was the defense minister, came out in his speech and said that the judicial reform weakens Israel's uh, defense capabilities, he, he sent a terrible message uh, to Israel's enemies. Uh, they had the, the president of Israel, Isaac Herzog, say that the last two times there was a Jewish commonwealth in the state of Israel, that it didn't make it till its 80th year, and that he was afraid as Israel comes into its 75th birthday, as you mentioned on the Independence Day later in next month, that Israel might not make it to its 80th birthday. And just two days after he made that, that statement in his speech, Hassan Nasrallah, the bureau chief of Hezbollah, quoted the Israeli president saying, even Israel's president says that Israel might not exist in five years. And so this is, is definitely encouraging Israel's enemies to step up uh, their fight against the Jewish state. So, you know, we're, I don't think that the, that the protesters on the streets are really paying attention to what the consequences of their actions are. Uh, and they have really are tearing the country in half and, and making it much more harder for Israel to, to prove its legitimacy on the international stage and making it harder for Israel to defend itself against its enemies. Alex, a very precarious time, needless to say. We are praying for the land of Israel, for the nation of Israel, for sure. Hey, we can't thank you enough for your great insights here. This is was such a great breakdown, Alex, and we appreciate your great work at JNS.org. Keep it up, my friend. God bless. We'll see you again soon for more updates. Thanks so much, Eric. Thanks again to Alex Treman for those excellent insights. Folks, be sure to check out JNS.org. It's a great source for news out of Israel and the Middle East. Keep Israel in your prayers as all of this unfolds. We'll have more updates in the days to come. Until tomorrow, thanks for joining us. God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.